Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Our Thread, the podcast, bringing our content to you. I'm all it is, and I'm here with Robert Paulson, Robert Paulson, Robert Paulson, and Robert Paulson. And today, we bring you episode 28, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind versus Fight Club, two movies that have characters that need life changes to save them from their routine of life that is killing them slowly. So desperate for love and change that one would be willing to blow up a building to achieve enlightenment, or another would be willing to erase their memories just to forget that piece of happiness and freedom they found when they so desperately needed it. But pain and sorrow can sometimes be exactly what we need to move forward and become who we're supposed to be. Two movies that show us giving up or forgetting is not an option. We all have a Tyler Durden in us. Some just don't know how to let it in because they just won't let go. A famous quote from the philosopher Nietzsche was, to live is to suffer. To survive is finding meaning in the suffering. These are definitely two movies with philosophical tomes, but which movie is greater? Before we find out, let me give a special shout out to tonight's sponsor, Vitamix, a company that specializes in blenders. But these are not your everyday blender. With Vitamix blenders, you get to make delicious whole meals in just minutes. Our Thread member Savage just recently purchased the Ascent series. A2500. And not only is he making smoothies every day, he swears they're the best he's ever had. He can also use his Vitamix blender to make soup with the technology that uses friction. Visit Vitamix today and get a free 10-year warranty on any purchase. Just let them know our thread sent you. Folks, it's almost time to start a fight. Right after this intro music by Beware, all right? Let's go. I can't help it. I love you. You don't know what love is. I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and debate. You're a bald-faced liar. A fucking liar. I mean, God forbid they should make a mistake and forget to steal. I would not apologize for what I want. Stop trying to control everything and just let go. I drink it up. Don't blame me. You like Huey Lewis on the news? Either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the hood. Hold on to your butts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Our Thread Podcast, bringing our content to you, featuring all it is. It's official, old buddy. It has been. Beware. From then on, he was known as Benny the Jet. Rodriguez. The Doc. You're the Doc, Doc. The Cat. Oh, if, 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 you, if, you, if you already know the answer to your questions, then why ask Pig Fuck? And myself, Savage. I'm 6'5", 220, and there's two of them. Homework's in. Let's begin. To start off this episode, I propose a question to our thread. If you had to fight a celebrity, who would it be? Let's go to the Doc. All right, so this is from just movies in general. This character popped up, and this might be on some other lists. Uh, I couldn't think of somebody else. Like, this was the one, and it's fucking Biff Tannen, the biggest butthole of them all, man. He's a bitch. I'm going to fight uh, Patrick Works. Trying to keep it relevant with, uh, <laughs> this is a little bitch, you know. Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Minds character, Elijah Wood. I don't like him. I don't like his laugh. I don't like his ways. Savage, who are you fighting? Cap. Fuck him. All right, fine. Beware, who are you fighting? I'm fighting Fred Armisen. I fucking hate that guy. I, I, I hate Fred Armisen, too. Fuck Fred Armisen. I'm going to fight Ross from Friends or uh, the Nazi from Heat, but that would be a tough fight. I definitely could kick Ross's ass, I think, though. Yeah, I'd give you that one. I don't know. He'd put Marcel on you, probably. Thoughts on uh, watching these two movies, this matchup? Last episode, Beware said that um, he thought that he could visualize people seeing Heat or Memento as like their favorite movies. And I feel, I feel strongly about that. But in this case, I feel like I can definitely see people thinking that Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind is their favorite movie of all time. Likewise, even more so, I could probably see people saying the same thing about Fight Club, especially people in our age bracket. I honestly think I was probably one of those people at one point thought Eternal Sunshine and Fight Club were my favorite movies, like at the same time. Like I think Eternal Sunshine, especially in college and after you've had a couple breakups under your belt, 
you've kind of been in that position, you know, where you would, if you maybe had the choice, like to erase the memories and like go through that kind of like philosophical kind of exercise, you know, but then, um, you know, as we'll get into talking about eternal sunshine, you know, like the whole idea of like, is losing it all like the bad also worth losing the good you know and 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 so i i don't know i think that i remember that really resonating with me and then fight club is just kind of like this i don't know like where do we fit in where do men fit in males fit in you know in this kind of evolving kind of society and there's a lot of commentary on the the things that you buy and and then kind of defining you and I don't know, just finding kind of a purpose, you know, and kind of just kind of not knowing what you're living for and kind of asking that question. And these two movies are pretty, you know, I think resonate with a lot of people, especially folks in their kind of, you know, 20s, early 30s, probably. I definitely think that when we watched it last week, talking about how it appeals to the 16 to 18 to 20, whatever, young 20 year old male, and it certainly did me. It was one of those movies that got me into watching more movies wanted to see more stuff that kind of blew my mind like that with the plot twists and everything and the you know the realization that he is Tyler Durden obviously is kind of like something you don't see coming in the movie so that's a that was a big deal that being said Eternal Sunshine this time hit me way harder than it did in 2004 I remember really liking the movie, but I really loved the movie this time. Just appreciated all the the way that they kind of capture the tone of him being in his mind versus it's very clear. It's also kind of like you watch and you're like, whoa, like what just fucking happened? Like I just went through somebody's mind and who better to write a movie like that than, you know, Charlie Kaufman. He's pretty, pretty genius at that. Uh, I guess I don't even know what to call it. That style of movie. It's so it's like a um, I was gonna say fairy tale, but that's not right. But it's like this fan fantasy. It's a sci-fi movie, but yeah. it's also kind of philosophical. Yeah, and it's just it's really it's, a, it's about love, and in the same way, kind of like I don't know. I kind of feel like Big Lebowski and Fight Club have in common that like the bottom line of those movies is philosophy. You yeah. know, that's like. Hot, you know way, ways to live your life i guess little miss sunshine too that was kind of one mm-hmm. yeah 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 we're like i see what you're saying like those were the kind of like the driving force of like what these the stories of these movies and to be honest that's where i got the whole nietzsche thing from uh, little miss sunshine but i it was because i read an article that was about films that kind of take that philosophy and apply it to their script and mm-hmm. eternal sunshine was what they were comparing it to uh very cool and i definitely had that in mind while watching it not as dark as i remember you know i, I didn't think it was that dark i just think it's kind of sad a little bit more than dark both both off the beaten path movies both have their own little uh gimmick going that separate themselves from the pack you know you've got your traditional stories and uh, i think neither one of these is that They've got a, a cool gimmick that resonates throughout the movie in both of them. Um, and to each in their own right, they apply heavy emotion based on the gimmick. They both stand the test of time because of it. And they both are exclamation point movies That's I really enjoyed watching. I hadn't seen either one of them in a long time. I thought, I think I'd only seen Eternal Sunshine maybe three or four times, but it's been at least a decade since I've seen that. I had forgot Mark Ruffalo was even in the movie. Uh, a lot of corners that I was turning that I was pleasantly surprised as I was walking through that movie. And um, in terms of Fight Club, I mean, it's just a lot of wow factor. It's hard to deny that one. Um, I thought there was a few points in the movie where I was a little expected a bit more. But then when I would, you know, go 10 minutes later in the movie, I would be like... <sighs> Oh yeah, that's right. This movie's a powerhouse, you know. So you know, Sav made a good point. Both of them are really strong contenders uh, for certain people, I'm sure. But I thought each and of themselves, they're both pretty evenly matched on our list in terms of uh, our, our bout of 64 here. So I'm excited to see how we pan out here with the with the debate. I thought of it today. I was like, there couldn't be a more masculine versus a more sort of feminine movie. Uh, comparatively, yeah, that's a good, good point. 
because Fight Club <laughs> is like the masculine movie. It is a dude. It's movie. doused in testosterone. Rogaine, Viagra. Just with David Fincher directing, it's just so. Lester, Martha Stewart. Fuck Martha Stewart. Fucking dingy. It's a dick, it's Everything a dick is. Panic. It's all going down, fucking, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it's about like. Like toxicity, though, like male. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Toxic masculinity. Never be complete. I say stop being perfect. I say let's evolve. Chips fall where they may. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like it's not, it's feminine. And it's also a comedy. It's a comedy, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like dark dark comedy. Fuck, you're right. One thing I will say Jim Carrey was the least animated he's ever been in a film and that's fine he shows us he can act but we've also watched the truman show where i think you get this mix of kind of calmer and then more mannerism filled but we really literally didn't get any part of that in that movie it held it back a little bit for me because i really thought we could have a little piece of that in there yeah no i totally agree and actually that's one of my facts for tonight is that the director michelle gondry he uh he basically encouraged all the actors to to improv and except for Jim Carrey. He kept him on a tight kind of like constraints because he wanted the character to be very genuine and and be this role and not deviate from that. So he really restricted Carrey and what he was able to do. So that is right in line with what you're saying, for better or for worse. I, I do think though that while that's all true, that he definitely got to shine some parts. I mean, there's points where he's a baby and he's under a table acting like a baby. Yeah. And it's like a 15 minute stretch of the movie. And the movie's only an hour and 45 minutes long. Like, and it's a kind of a pivotal scene in like the storyline. And um, I, I feel like he does get a sh- to show his chops a bit. His chopper is this. <sighs> right, you, trust person. you can tell he's turned down. I mean, that's, that's it's- Yeah. It almost works so well because I feel like I was, like probably you all was expecting him to dial it up and like you know like him being calm and reserved it's a very stark contrast from what we're used to and so it kind of almost makes it that much more calm and reserved because we know how you know high he can get we know how you know exuberant and I don't know, silly he can get. And so it would kind of have that much more of an effect, I think, for the character. I agree, too. Edward Norton's toned down a little bit, too. He's very, very emotionless at times, and he's very somber and kind of lets every other actor shine. He's got, you know... Adam Carter. uh, Yeah, and that who was Marla Singer. And then, of course, Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt. is. There's just so much action in there that he's very calm and reserved. But in that, I do see if you was Edward Norton versus Jim Carrey, I'd probably pick him as a better actor. We're seeing more subtle act like he's a stronger actor when he's not being comedic too where when more people could be into drama and then show that they're good at comedy it's like where did this come from jim carrey has that challenge i think it's fair he's a great actor one of the best i think but it it was one of the things that got to me it was just one of those honest feelings i wanted something i wasn't getting from him and that's okay that's what we're here to find out so uh, we already mentioned a couple scenes that could get brought up, but let's go into before characters. Let's go into scenes. I'm, I'm interested to talk about some scenes. One of the, when you're just talking about how Edward Norton, you know, versus Jim Carrey in terms of kind of actor, I feel like the one scene that, although Edward Norton doesn't, he does steal a show in a couple scenes, but you're right. He is kind of overshadowed by Marla and uh, Tyler. There's a point where he's kind of the whole him and Marla uh, kind of introduction to Marla, but him like walking through and explaining all that and how it's affecting him and stuff. And there's this one scene where he's in one of the support groups and he's got this look on his face. And like that to me, I'd like, I just thought that that was the perfect face, the perfect vibe. That to me is like, that's great. Uh, characterization of this character tells the story perfectly um, and then just my, the scene then is that whole kind of montage of kind of introduction of Marla um, how she's kind of showing up to these you know walks in to smoking a cigarette is this tubercula or is this cancer you know like kind of just like she's just this blah just this force um, and uh, it's fucking with them and I love that whole kind of sequence because that is that kind of pivotal part where he starts to not sleep again and needs to find that different different kind of high or whatever to be able to sleep again do you want to slide over to a scene from Eternal? You kind of br- you brought it up. Um, this was going to be the, my my one scene, but and maybe we can kind of vibe off this together. But it's the uh, the under where he is a kid, and I feel like. 
there's a couple scenes where he's a kid like that one under the table where he's a really young kid and the whole like pick me up pick me up I just want to be picked up so bad and uh and just being very vulnerable and like under the table and kind of scared and uncertain and I felt like he played that so well and it's such a gen super gen scene and then similar where he you know is kind of bullied into killing the you know pigeon and stuff just again another vulnerable scene that kind of for some reason just really was like damn that's good like i've never seen something like that in a movie before real cool cinematography in those two yeah. like the, the shape that's inside right. the big room is very that was i mean definitely one of my favorite parts love it that shit was really funny where he goes to stand up to the bully and the little kid just takes him down yeah. <laughs> takes his arm down yeah was good my my favorite scene is going to be from eternal sunshine as well um it's going to be the intro when you learn like Clementine and Joel's relationship and then um, he's dropping her off. It kind of cuts to black for a second and then it comes back on with the beginning credits with the back song, the Corgis cover, every, uh, everyone's got to learn sometime um, with him crying in the car. That's the only thing I, rem- I remembered about that movie um, when we pulled it out of the hat last, uh, last episode and, and 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 that scene still whatever for whatever reason always sticks with me I think the music's perfect I think it's it's one of those like perfectly executed scenes that kind of readies your mind for what you're about to watch for the next hour and four, you know 35 minutes or whatever I gotta back that with my favorite scene I you know I think it could be so many people's but ending a fight club yes is just all the way to the the beginning of fight club you can say too because that's connected to the end where Tyler Durden's got the gun in his mouth to, you know, all that stuff. And then the Pixies, if you listen, you know, start coming in very, very low before you know it's going to come in. But by the time they're looking out the window at what they've created, the self-destruction is one of the best songs in a movie ever. Like maybe ever. Like it just hits so fucking hard where you're like, yes, this is it. And I'm really okay. Trust me. Everything's gonna be fine. You met me at a very strange time in my life. I definitely had other scenes in Fight Club that we I want to talk about, but we're just gonna share the floor and just man, what a what an ending to a great movie though. Those explosions is just fucking epic. And I love the fucking Pixies, man. My scene is the Lou, the owner scene where they get to keep the bar. It's a, it's a really great scene. Brad Pitt is a peak performance in the movie, in my opinion. He's really uh, dialing it up. He's, he's going for it, hitting dingers every at bat. And it's just, it, man, it really feels like they're getting their ass beat in this movie. Let's just put that out there. Like, like Lou really feels like he's beating Brad Pitt's ass. And I love how restrained everybody is and just the tension in the movie. And it's like the one guy's got a gun, but there's fucking 40 guys that are nuts in there that could just set it off. And uh, yet they, they just kind of respect uh, Tyler Durden and uh, his, his, his chaotic approach to handling the situation, which was worked. It works. You never heard of blood blood all over his face until somebody pukes in the background. Thanks, Lou. Lou comes in hot, hot, like hot. hot Gangster punchers. He punches yeah. it. You see that? It smarts, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And He's then I love, how, I love how yeah. Tyler Durden's just like, hey, you should uh, join our club, you know? And yeah. You know See you next week, Lou. You too, yeah. big guy. In, in Eternal Sunshine, I don't, I, I don't have a favorite scene as much as I have one that I wanted to point out that I wanted to question you guys. And I, cause it's the, one of the scenes that definitely stuck out to me in hindsight. And I forgot, but I still forgot that it was the freaking Hulk that was doing it 
was when they're dancing in their underwear on the bed. Why would they do that? That's not realistic. Smoky it's not weed. realistic for them to be doing that. Like, why, why would you risk everything? Like, dance on the fucking floor. Why would you dance over the dude's body? They had, like, they had a, a bullet trail mix on his, on his like, crotchular region. And they're, like, smoking weed and drinking beer. Like, it's like, oh, get the fuck And out they're here. bitching at Patrick. Poor Elijah over there. Patrick, you're going you're gonna to fuck everything up when it's really – he's going to fuck it up. Patrick Pat- sucks. I thought yeah, yeah, Patrick. I literally have a note that says Elijah Wood, Mark Apollo are fuck faces. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst character for sure. Um, yeah, that's a g- great scene. Eternal Sunshine is kind of so cohesive um, that you might, you know, you might forget yeah, one stood out a lot. Cap, what do you think about that? Well, I guess I'll start with Eternal Sunshine. My scene's going to be where they're at, at the very end of the movie. First of all. When I started watching this movie, Clementine and Jim Carrey, I was both not a fan of either one of them. Like, it's, they start out, she starts out as a person I don't want to talk to. Totally agree with this. Yeah, she was, I don't like the music in that scene either. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. But this movie really won me over. I don't know what about it. I still didn't, like, see them as a couple that necessarily works. But, like, you go back and you see, like, the good stuff, and I don't know, so it does something to your mind. And the, the ending is great, where they're both, he listens to her, she kicks him out of the car, and then he goes and gets his shit, and he's, she just shows up, and he's listening to him talk, himself speak about her, and they're like, all right, you know, we're going to talk about this, or I really like you. It's like they just, they had just met so it's it's bizarre and it's a weird feeling but it's so heavy emotionally because you feel what they're feeling they're pointing out all of their horribleness and she's just like hey let's get some whiskey and start drinking and then he's just starts saying like the worst shit she walks out the scene the part of the scene that i love is he's like hey just wait you know just wait i don't know but just wait and then she turns around and they kind of just look at each other for a little bit and then that's it. Like they just kind of decide that they're going to still do it. So that was a super, super moving scene. Fight Club. Yeah, man, I guess, I guess I just love the beginning of Fight Club a lot, how they set it up. I love the Ikea stuff where they point, you know, their, their, his apartment actually looks like the Ikea catalog and just getting to know like his affliction and how he's visiting these, you know, different uh, self-help groups or help or group therapy groups to, just so he can sleep. I just like the introduction of uh, oh, Jack. They, they, they credit him as Jack, who is nameless. Yeah. Actually, he's kind of nameless. Exactly. That's funny. We had to talk about mm-hmm. that. Uh, Cap, would you agree that like this book, I know you've read it. You've recommended it before we were doing this podcast. You read this a long time ago. Don't they do such a good job of taking everything off the page and putting it onto the film right down to what you just said, the Ikea, like that's in the book, you know, he's talking mm-hmm. about, it's just, everything's in a category. And like in the movie, you see that he's filled with magazines or, I'm I'm Jane's breast, Jane, blah, blah, blah. Like that's throughout the whole thing. And that just lets you know how more thick this movie is, is that he's this genius, essentially, a fountain of information, if you will, just super smart and has all these weird facts in his head because literally he's surrounded by National Geographics. But the way the book was wrote, so cool. Something worth mentioning about um, Chuck Palahniuk writing this book, he was writing it, they were two separate characters. And as he was writing it, I think, somewhere in the middle of the second act he realized that like Tyler Durden is Edward Norton's character so like I think that's a good sign that like if he surprised himself with it you know that's like gonna translate well into a movie where like the viewer is gonna be surprised even though like you go back and watch it a second or third time and it's like so obvious yeah we were Um, talking about the tell The tell yeah. doesn't bother me at all. We could talk about that a little bit, whether you, when you know that he is Tyler Durden or how obvious it is that could bother you. It didn't bother me really quick. I wanted to go to doc and he can answer if it bothered him or not. But um, he did, did a little research on Chuck Palahniuk and how did he come up with all that stuff is very interesting. You know, it was somewhat kind of truthful to begin with uh, how he came up with the idea of what Tyler Durden would become. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it bothered me at all. And I feel like, uh, real quick, I liked how they systematically kind of introduced it and that whole play. I, I feel like it's really well done. They're not purposely trying to trick you at all because if you watch it, it's super obvious, you know, knowing that. So it wasn't one of those like they uh, trick you at the last minute. It was kind of, it was, they laid it all out and they did it really well. But um, yeah, man, Chuck Palahniuk, like it was interesting kind of listening to him. It's how he wrote this story and, and uh, took a lot of different pieces of things that, you know, he had experienced personally and, you know, and kind of just tied it all together. The whole going to support groups thing was something that he actually experienced. And he had the realization of kind of like, man, like I, I am feeling like I'm dying each night, but then also being reborn. And then he also had the experience where, he got into a fight and got his ass kicked at like a campground or something like that, but then kind of realized and then went to work the next day with bloody face and stuff and kind of saw how people kind of looked at him and yeah, um, won't look at you. They won't look at yeah. you if you, uh, and he kind of like, like kind of like that comfort. Yep. And, and like, that was a whole awkward thing. And then kind of putting it all together of like, you know, how this could be a support group and this could be kind of serving that same purpose. And then let's explore that. And I, I don't re recall, I don't know how we got the whole insomnia part of the storyline and the dual personalities, but like uh, Cap said, you know, he didn't, and it kind of dual personalities kind of came together and kind of wrote itself. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah. And the movie doesn't rely on the twist either. It's a good movie. It's it, the point. by yeah. itself, you know, it's got a great base of a story. I want to get us into characters, but I also kind of want to do like just a nod to scene since we already talked about it like just something that was like uh an aesthetic you liked about it i'm gonna say one about fight club i really like that there's bush light in there they're tossing around bush lights and they bring it in jared leto gives a great bush light toss when they're about to watch uh, project mayhem on the tv there's, there's some subtleties does anybody have a couple of those they wrote down that like is attached to a scene I have one that I really love that I want to steal it before anybody else does. When they're in the presentation with, at his office and the guy giving the presentation says something to Edward Norton like, oh, he likes it. And Edward Norton just looks at him with a bloody grill and just flashes his bloody grill at him as his response. And that's it. I would say the, uh, the darkness, I guess, that they used in Eternal Sunshine to represent like a, na a narrow vision of memory like the memories are shrinking i guess and like the things that were just going black as they were yeah. passing they them run like, away from it I yeah love like it. you could be so they had to be so in the moment that everything was just falling apart and like you know houses are crumbling things like that just yeah it was really cool yes when, when they send out in fight club when they they send out like the the folks to have like a mission to like pick a fight with someone they the guys spring the hose <laughs> no. hey who is it sav who did you spot you got to give that cameo you know who that is spray him with the hose Nine hunter oh, Nine uh, hunter. oh yeah it's fucking uh it's uh what, what can i name is what, the hodges what, or something no what's his no what's his name in uh hedge hedge bill yeah. hedge yeah bill hedge and, and then they did the spray and then he spits up it's a it's like a reverend and he <laughs> He smacks the Bible out of his head, sprays him, and then sprays the Bible. All right, good night. I guess if you watch that scene closely, the camera's shaking. <laughs> the cameraman's laughing. Is that for real? Yeah, that's for oh real. my God, I love oh, that. Oh, God. We gotta be Push. Come on. It's really quick. I just want to say Brad Pitt's in the fur fucking coat. It's fabulous. He drops it off to bare chest, and there we have a best bod. It's over. I've kind of said this multiple times, but like you can't, I, I'll take Brad Pitt in a fur coat over Brad Pitt on a roof any day. Best bod. He's sick when he fights. Um, I thought he, you know, he, what he took a lot from that worked well in this movie is um, 12 monkeys. Yeah. When she agreed, he had some 12 monkeys kind of things that he only could have got from acting in that movie. Yeah. They um, had some fabulous. funny scenes with him dicking around in the house, riding the bike around. There's a whole series of these. I am Jill's nipple. I am Jack's colon. <laughs> I get cancer. I kill Jack. When, when he place. falls, when he falls, I think I yeah. gets colon cancer nun, and nun, dies. Nunchucks and shit. He becomes like his fighting style becomes very kung fu. Yeah. It's, it's, I love that this final. Game. That final fight is is kung fu as fuck. Yeah. 
I love the scene where he, he uh, Edward Norton character opens the door and it's Brad Pitt naked, but he's only wearing like uh, yellow gloves. Like that's all he's wearing. Uh, God. So hey, you want to finish? You want to finish her off? <laughs> oh, I found the cigarettes. Shut up. And then of course, we have to talk about the, the fucking <laughs> cigarette burn, like that scene, like with the splice. The kiss. We got to talk about how I'd love to bury my head in any of your guys's bitch tits and just fucking cry <laughs> in your chest. Come, come our next guy trip we have together. I'm just going to bury myself in one of your tits and just, you just say, it's okay. You can cry. And I will. Uh, that's a great guy. Love hug. Gotta love that. Shout out to Bob. Shout out. I'll end kind of on a sad scene um, is in uh, eternal sunshine, man. For some reason this really hit me, but like when they go to the waiting room, of people kind of waiting to get their kind of memory erased. And they show these just very sad people, like three people in a row sitting with bags of stuff that they've also brought to like get burned or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like that just, I don't know, man, that just really hit me of like, damn, like these are people like you're seeing them in the darkest of dark, deepest, of, you know, deepest, you know, misery. And uh, I yeah. started thinking about what you would do to justify using this type of service if it were available in the future, kind of Black Mirror-esque and like, yeah, if like you had, let's God forbid, say raped or something like that, or had, there might be a certain tragedy that's like, no, take it out. We don't need it there anymore. Let's, let's go on with it. So that was a very, another philosophical idea of the movie and very ahead of its time in that fashion. Um, it's going to be a battle, folks, when we start, start to talk about characters, which we're going to do now. It's going to be hard not to steal from each other or name the same character. So I'm going to do, do the honor of going last. I'll say um, both as my favorite and least favorite character is Tyler Durden. Which he's one? cool. He's cool. Which <laughs> Tyler Durden? There's only one Tyler Durden. Oh, I yeah. guess Brad Pitt's character is Tyler Durden. The, the, the character of Ed Norton, I like. I like that guy. And I like the attractiveness of the pitch, you know, when they're drinking beers and, and that beginning scene where it's just like, fuck, fuck Martha Stewart, stuff. fuck all your shit. What's a, you know, what's a duvet? Why do you need to know that? Fuck off with your sofa units and string green stripe patterns. I say never be complete. I say stop being perfect. I like that part of his character. The part of his character that I don't like is the bully that fucking puts a chemical burn on your fucking hand. Like, fuck you. You know, the one that takes over, the one that is completely Tyler Durden while he's asleep is the one that flies all over the country, starts a bunch of fight clubs and like an army, like that's out of control. The one that crashes the car, like fuck that guy. He kisses everybody's hand too is what you find out. That's fucking right. uh, the kiss of death. Right. Exactly. Shit. It is crazy though. Another great uh, aesthetic scene, you know, the meditation places he goes is happy animals, a penguin <laughs> in a frozen cave. You got to love that shit. Fly. My favorite character's name is Robert Paulson. The big, the big moosey. Bob. I just loved how super gen this guy was and um, how you see, you know, you kind of get a little bit of a backstory. Bob had bitch tits. This is like arguably the one character that still men. The narrator Jack is actually attached to in the whole movie. Man is what we and are. actually feel some sympathy for. You know when he does get shot and uh, but like you see this guy. This guy's character arc is really interesting and kind of how he's got a wife and kids that don't won't talk to him and you know he's got you know testicular cancer and then he's willing to you know put his life on the line to you know join this and but he's he got, he got a lots of balls for not having any balls. You'd have to say if you will, folks. He has lots of balls but doesn't have a pair. Lots of balls. He's got the big moosey's got some bitch tits and and that was where I fit. They're gonna have to open up my pecs again and drain the fluid. I don't know, and it's meatloaf, so shout out meatloaf. Time. Marla Singer. She's really the only other character, in my opinion, that qualifies. She's the rock star from scene one. She, I think, uh, Doc even alluded to it. She just is a scene stealer. She is. Uh, She's excellent throughout the movie, no matter which kind of role she's playing, even though it's pretty consistently the the fierce, you know, fierce lead female of the movie. Blood parasites. I'm going to brain parasites. I'll take the blood parasites, but I'm going to take the organic brain dimension, like okay? That. You can't have the whole brain. That's so far, you have four. I only have two. Okay. Take both the parasites. They're yours. Now we both have three. Very rarely is she kind of like a coy. 
And, I like when um, she gives her first hug to him. She's actually like genuinely conniving, but very happy. And you see like, yeah. she's good, man. You're so right about that. Really good, man. She's excellent. And uh, my, my wife said, oh, she's in Harry Potter, which is interesting because I like, like I didn't know she was in anything else. That was the only movie I've seen her in. So and I've never seen the Harry Potter movies. So um, I'm glad to know she did something excellent afterwards that made her career blast off. Because she had she's, to be in a Tim Burton movie, right? She's in tons of Tim yeah. Burton. Okay, that's what I thought, right? That's where she got her bigs. Okay, cool. She's married to Tim Burton. Is she really? Yeah. Wow, that's a fact. That sounds about right. One of my favorite scenes with Marla is where, again, where you're kind of first meeting her, but like where he's like, where Edward Norton approaches her. He's like, you're a tourist. Like I saw you at melanoma, tuberculosis, testicular cancer. And she goes, I saw you practicing this. And uh, he's like, practicing what? And she goes, telling me off. Is it going as well as you hoped? And just, she's always in control of each kind of scene she's in. Um, yeah. Just a badass. That's your favorite too. Try to slip it by me, eh? I like our narrator. I like uh, Edward Norton's character. I've always thought he has a good narration voice. I think he does a good job in other movies like the Wes Anderson movie, Moonrise Kingdom, um, as like that narrator trying to do gooder but ne'er do well kind of fella. There wouldn't be the movie without him. There wouldn't be the movie without uh, Durden, especially. There wouldn't be the movie without Marla. So play tennis uh, with Beware just a little bit about the narration. I was just saying yesterday I was at the studio just how the first 20 minutes of the movie I wasn't in love with because it was nothing but narration. And I felt like it was so atypical for any of the other movies on this list. It felt cheap. It felt like it, we weren't watching an actual movie. It felt like you were reading a book and which is cool. Obviously it was, they were bringing the, it was like, a, it was like watching a, a book on tape, but like brought to life and with awesome visuals when they're really zooming you in into the catalog and, and into the exploding uh, kitchen and whatnot. But ultimately, it, it didn't feel like it was watching a movie. And again, it just felt like it was different to be different. And that's not necessarily why I love movies. I love a realist movie. And I thought the best parts of the movie were when he actually, ironically enough, stopped talking to himself and let that secondary version of himself thrive as Tyler Durden. As a somewhat ADHD viewer, I feel like a movie that wouldn't have had a narration would have been maybe four and a half hours long because you need that setup to kind of show where he's at, where he's come from and where he's on his way to. So for, I agree. for, for me, um, I don't mind being kind of like dropped in to where he's at. And I think that's probably why the fact that, that I, that I feel like the, the narration does do plenty of services as far as like, getting the movie to like you know all right boots on the ground and i feel like after a while you get used to it and you realize it is what it is and there's so many other points to the movie that make up for that just at least you know from that one you know hesitation on my part and i also think that like a chuck palnick movie i can see why they didn't really make a lot of them because they would all be the same they like i don't feel like his his writing is so brazen that they would all the movies would feel just like this one he hasn't had many and we were talking about that why isn't chuck palinuk's all of his books been and i think beware makes a good point maybe because it all comes with a thick load of research where you're learning about a lot of stuff and how often yeah. as as the viewer can you take in that fight club is all interesting and we eventually i need to talk to doc about some facts that are in fight club Cap, I feel like you'd have something to say about that. What Chuck Palahniuk book, uh, which you've read many, more than all of us, I assume, uh, what would you think could turn into a movie? Or I know you like Choke, uh, one of our favorite actors. Sam Rockwell. I did read Choke. While I thought Choke was a better book than a movie, I did like the movie. And I did think it was different. It was a different director and it had a different vibe. It was way more comedic but it's all dark humor same same thing and you and it does they are movies that have a lot of narration and they like you were said they both like that movie even more so is slower and the whole movie is kind of like that i think fight club made a better movie i think that they could take pretty much any one of his books and make a movie on it we might see more uh he, he still he releases a book every year i believe i'm going to characters well i'm gonna go with uh my shout out, because I think it needs to be said, I really like Jared Leto in Fight Club. I think he's a good actor. We know he takes things serious. I think um, he's kind of maybe taken himself too serious, but not like ego 
Lee, if you will. I think he's, he's a good actor and we have more to see from him, but that was a great transition uh, from a movie that we still could pull out of the hat is uh, the Requiem movie. For Requiem. Requiem, Requiem for a Dream, which uh, a lot of Thread members have uh, stated that they're <laughs> dreading <laughs> because it really is talk about like a, it's a fight club of drugs in your veins. It's a fight club of injections and uh, <laughs> and dilated pupils and you're just injecting it. Every hole gets dilated and injected. Anyway, before we get too out of it, I, I really just want to give my nod to Jared Leto. Well, and I think, although, of course, all my favorite characters have been said, and if there's one man that I could have his bod and just be with that bod and guy love, it's going to be Brad Pitt and this movie, Fight Club. But I'm going to go with Kate Winslet. Clementine is an all-star. She's just kind of like uh, Marla in a sense that she really kind of carries Jim. She's more Jim Carrey than Jim Carrey, if you will. Uh, more, uh, and we haven't said his name much. It's Earl, uh, it's something, um, Joel, Joel. She kind Joel. of like, she 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 has the humor of the relationship where if you imagine Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey in a relationship, like there'd always be comedy, but in this we have Jim Carrey who's not uh, funny. He's kind of sensitive and not uh, outgoing. So she's the one that's outgoing and she does a great job being fearless and, beautiful brazen all, all the bees um and i really think that she's a good shout out too um and a good character to mention one of the better females in a lead role with one of the best actors of all time yeah she's the kind of character that'll take somebody like him out of his shell so he can be himself in front of somebody else and, and so. doc said improving uh was mm -hmm. um suggested and, and encouraged that's that's cool do you like quotes <laughs> i do I have a few too. Let's go to, let's go to Little Miss Sunshine. Oh my God! See ya. For us, that's uh, Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> He's stealing my identity. <laughs> hey, how's that working out for you? Yeah. What? Being clever. It's very clever. Thank you. How's that working out for you? What? Being clever. Great. Keep it up then. Right up. I want bowel <laughs> cancer. I want ascending bowel cancer. The girl had done her homework. No, no, I, I want bowel cancer. Patrick, he stole a girl's panties, and then Elijah with goes <laughs> and just gives us the worst <laughs> laugh ever. <So> let's go. <laughs> Give him, let's give him his roses because if you can be a creep when you're told to be a creep, then you're a good chopper. I don't know shit about chop, but shout Speaking out to Elijah creep, Wood. So I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. <laughs> Indeed. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is ourselves. I love when uh, Joel is finding out about the service and he goes for the first time and he goes, there's no such thing as this. That feels like something that I would say. Like there's no fucking way, no way. I could see a, a beware and, and uh and Meg combo. Yeah, going that no way. So, I know what I thought about too. When in regards to this whole thing, if I had to get rid of everything that Megan and I had shared, I would have nothing left but comic books and basketball cards. I like when um when like the Fight Club's just getting established, and uh, Tyler Durden says, "I don't want to die without any scars," and he goes, "Hit me." I just want to say real quick that like if I was attending those meetings and I was faking it till I make it and there was a sweet little old lady, you know, balding, but, you know, clearly a fucking an eight or nine in her day named Chloe and she wanted somebody to fuck her. I'd fuck her. I'd fuck Chloe and shout out to her. You know, if I'm in a meeting for, you know, like for people are about to die and I'm, I'm faking it till I make it, the least I could do is give her that cock shot, that big cock shot at the end of Fight Club and just. Give that woman what she deserves and, and, and cry in her breast. If I'm lucky enough, that's a fact. Well, maybe if you're going to take something home from these movies, it'd be something really special. Mine's going to be, even though not my favorite character, not in my favorite scenes, not my favorite actor out of these movies, I want uh, Jim Carrey's notebook in that movie. It's going to have a lot of great doodles, Cap. It's going to remind me of you and all the great artwork you do for our show. Uh, a lot of poems in there. A lot of pages ripped out, I suspect, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take that journal home for a piece of memorabilia. Mine's an easy one. If if you know me relatively well, I like gizmos, 
Um, so the uh, radio-controlled airplane from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is definitely a thousand percent the thing I would take out of these movies. <laughs> Love it. Oh, it is. You said you take that notebook. I actually think those little doodles and stuff are actually Jim Carrey's doodles. Like- I was going to ask you, Doc. Uh, we missed a couple facts, and one was, uh, you know, we do we have some facts we're missing because that was one of them. I really wanted to ask you: Did he do those drawings in there? Did yeah. you ever figure that out? I looked I looked into it, but I couldn't confirm. But what I did do is I screenshotted a couple of the doodles and compared it because Jim Carrey is an artist and like he posts, he does a lot of kind of paintings and stuff on uh, Twitter. And the style is really, really damn similar. So I would- uh, He did. Yeah, I'll confirm he- it. It should be shipped in about like, it usually takes four to five weeks when we get our memorabilia shipped in, but I'll check it out. We'll confirm it. It's going to be great. Uh, really quick, Doc, one more fact. When um, we finally see Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt's character for the first time on the plane, and he's talking about the oxygen mask that like, really, you see why these people are smiling? Is that, is there any facts to that? That, that could be some, uh, some darker information, some deeper information. I do know that like, and this is, I don't know how true this is. So I did look into this, but I'll say first anecdotally, like I remember we used to, when we go to Canada, we would go to, is it Olette? Olet Street, um, go to Bentley's. Yeah, We would go to the casino afterwards because the casino would sober us up because we would say they're pumping oxygen in there. It's going to sober us up. So I think it does potentially have that effect. And I think that could be possible. What I looked into though, it's basically in, it was Reddit. So, you know, take it for what it is. But um, people were saying like, if like oxygen, no, like it is actually needed to not pass out because if you are, if you are actually descending or ascending so fast, like you're the the pressure in the cabin is going to drop so much that you will pass out. And if you don't have the oxygen, like you need it to stay awake. um, But it could also have that euphoric effect as well and it just makes me think of our uh, sponsors tonight ascent that the the a2500 just like that that is just the mean blender i love that we have our facts with doc all the time but we still have some memorabilia items i still have one i really wish i would have said but i'm really glad about my notebook beware i just want some of the soap it's the top quality soap it's the best quality soap human body uh fat in there for sure yeah lie you know a lot of hard work's gone into it that's the bottom line Soap is the yardstick of civilization. You know that, right? There it is. All it is, you actually foreshadowed it a little bit. You mentioned that um, the woman getting up in the support group um, wanting somebody to come home with her. And one of the things she offered up was the uh, anal nitrate. Oba. Poppers, poppers, baby. Savage. Well, this could get confusing, but what was it? (laughs) Brad Pitt was at the door with the gloves on and he said, you know, you want to finish her off? Well, doc, we might as well just share mem and uh you know I, when I, I meet up the... and show you mulligan can i take the the memory racing go. memory uh racing <laughs> this episode so i can get rid of those last two mems so actually uh, i want to get uh for my memorabilia joel during the circus scene where they're in, i think in times square maybe but he's wearing this sweatshirt that's like a universe on it that's really dope that i would really want so I'm going to take that from my memo. And yeah, I really do want the memory erasing machine. <laughs> That's pretty That's, good. That was going to be it anyway. Do not abuse that. Abuse Quick that. question about that. Quick question about that. <laughs> Don't you guys feel like the service would be like super popular? Like, is this the ground floor of the service? Or yeah, like they only have 50 clients? It'd be called the day after. <laughs> well, that they turned it into that, I would imagine, yeah. to make it seem like a quirkier, like it's just like this one person doing thing. it. Yeah. You got yeah. it. All right. I propose a question. Yeah. Is it possible? I don't see why not. There is, and I actually, one of my notes was, and we're not going to get into it. We're not going to talk about it. MK Ultra question mark. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm a, I, I study the theories of conspiracy. I don't often subscribe to most of them, but there is technology that says that memory repression is pretty factually out there and that you can do a certain type of hypnosis technique or use technologies to repress memories. All I'm asking my thread, and I'm gonna say, yes, of course I do. Do you think that this is technology we'll have available in the future? Yes. Yeah, I think we already have it. I think, I think like- a night of heavy drinking is pretty on par. <laughs> Savage, you better turn up that X-Files song a little bit <laughs> higher if you really wanna just win tonight. Thank you. Technically it is brain damage. Beware. Is what city is Fight Club in? 
Ooh. Yeah, what city do they blow up? I mean, I, I think it's Gotham, but it's like <laughs> New York City. Yeah. You it's know, the same city seven was in, like a generic, like yeah. American city. I only There's say that because New York and San Francisco. If it was New York, I think we just have a little bit more of a staple on it. New York would be a good bet. And it could be fictional city. I like that. I like no city name. It's very cool. Very fit, very Fincher-esque. Very mm-hmm. Fincher as and shout out to David Fincher. He is yeah. the fucking goat, man. I that's one of my notes. It just says, bro, bro is if director went against director, I'm sorry. You've been broed. David Fincher has got fucking directing chops. Chop, it's chop. crazy. Did you guys and, know David Fincher directed Alien 3? By yeah. any chance? I see yeah. that yeah. every time I go look up his films I haven't seen. I have no desire to watch that. None. I watched it just out of curiosity. That's the one where Sigourney Weaver jumps into the fire, right? Well, what do you have to say, Cap? Is that a mulligan? Would that be Ooh. Alien 3? <laughs> Even though no sequels was in our room. I have no mulligans left otherwise, for sure. Well, we did talk about that. Doc has a remaining mulligan, and we do have a Jared Leto film that does seem to be hated on. Real quick, I want to go, while Savage talks about the music, we've already talked about the Pixies. Savage has already talked about his favorite song, Maternal Sunshine, being a uh, Bush song, or... I hope I said that right. Back. Back. <laughs> oh my God. God. Now, Savage, do I have to keep that in there? I had a little glitch there. I'm known to do that, folks. I'm known to slide. I got, you know, Kate Winslet. I was talking to Beware about uh, Kirsten Dunst and Kate Winslet saying Kirsten Winslet. You know, I'll just, I'll throw them around. Shout out to Dunst. I was calling Kirsten Dunst. Kristen Dunstan. Yes. Yeah, and you would you would you would really you would pinch Ben if I said that, but you said Kirsten it because Jess, Jess said Jess said don't say anything about Kirsten Dunst. I let her erase my memories, you know, if you will. Is there anything to say about the music that we missed in these movies? Fincher, fucking yeah. Pixies. Bush, aka yeah, when, 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 yeah, when um when Jim Carrey's in the car and Glycerine by Bush comes on, that shit just <laughs> fucking slaps. Dude, that would work. That should have been in Fight Club, bro. <laughs> nailed work. it. Glycerine. Fucking nailed it, bro. It I'm done. I gotta sign out for a few minutes, folks, and just uh, I gotta go. The buildings falling scene is just. Bush instead of the pixies. Right. I it don't want to come back down from this love. <laughs> oh, fuck. We need the re-edit. Oh, damn. This is super gen. God. Fight Club introduced the masses that hadn't known about the pixies to the pixies. I feel like like the pixies probably wouldn't be where they are and got that early 2000s renaissance where they were became like a large band again did you turn me on to the pixies before the movie i hope so or i'm that fucking cliche like story right there yeah i'm that i'm that person for sure i'm and i'm fine with it um to to do a full circle the first time i heard about the pixies was in a guitar world interview so guitar world is a magazine that i had when i was a kid it was an interview with gavin rosdale i'm i'm not kidding at all oh from Bush. Oh, I, swear to, I swear to Jesus. I swear to everything on my kids that Gavin Rosdale says the most rock and roll song of all time was that was debaser by the Pixies. Yes. And, that, and I, and I, and I promise you, that I might promise be a fucking you fact. that is where my love for the Pixies hey, comes from. If I can go back and visit like any classic, any sort of rock and roll genre, Pixies would be one of those bands. I that, saw them in 2004 in Chicago. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I mean, Sev is you. You're privy to music. You've always, uh, you've always enlightened us, if you will, uh, with a lot of good artists and me too. He's good. I love him. All right, Doc. Short and sweet. Uh, both were not really recognized by the Academy. I'll go chronologically. I should have fight. I change. I want to fight the Academy. I want to fight yes, somebody I, on the that's Academy. A that's a Let's all one. change our votes oh, to yeah. fight everybody on the Academy. That's good. Fuck. I'd like to fight the Academy.
um, uh, 2000 Academy Awards, Fight Club oh, won nomination, Best Effects, Sound Effects, didn't win. Yeah, I had to, had to have, I mean, it had to have been nominated at least, Jesus. Uh, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, two nominations, 2005, nominated for Best Performance by an Actress, uh, Kate Winslet, and nominated for Best Writing Original Screenplay, and actually they won for Best Writing Original Screenplay. So That's good. Yeah, I think so. That's good for them. That, that's right on. Even though screenplay should have been given to Fight Club too, why the fuck? Or adapted. I special effects too. I like the the special effects in that movie. Like Cap was saying, were really good. Yeah, really good. Like I feel like I haven't seen a movie do a dream or a memory sequence as good as that. And especially like Cap was saying too, like erase it with the black spots, like perfect. Man, gotta give it up for Fight Club CGI too. Was never that corny. Even the last scene had to be a pretty ticket. Uh, didn't look too corny at all. Aged well. No. Hey, real quick, uh, real quick, yeah. can I throw in a fact about uh, since we're talking yeah. about technology and special effects. So the the sex scene between Tyler and Marla was shot using the same bullet time, what they call the bullet time technology from the Matrix, where where Keanu's doing the the thing. They used the same technology. A yeah. three hundred and sixty camera. This was this was before the Matrix even came out because I think the Matrix came out in two thousand or whatever. So basically, they're using the wow for a sex scene before they use it for that kind of sweet bullet thing. So I know how big of a fan of Leo Leonardo DiCaprio you are, and did you know Leonardo DiCaprio made a special appearance in Fight Club? He's no the way. dick. He's the dick oh. at the end. Yes. No, no. Oh, I was gonna say. Oh fuck! Damn. <laughs> oh, that so was good. quick. That was yeah. good. <laughs> um, close. <laughs> so the technology that they used for um, Edward Norton's uh, breath. The same breath that you see from Edward Norton in the cave was the same exact breath that they used for Leo's character in Titanic when he's dying. Like what? Like a save CGI? Really? Yeah, it's the same exact CGI. Oh my god, it's like a VST or VXT. Yeah, it's, it's like a VST. <laughs> you, it's a VXT, bro. You got a. In today's video, I'm going to explain to you what NFTs are and how they work, and I'm going to give you a bunch of different examples of some NFT art that just sold for ridiculous valuations. Oh, but we're privy over here, bros. So yeah, Leo. I mean that's facts with Doc. Here's a fact. Fight Club is the better movie by far. I knew it immediately. It hit me. I'm ready for my midlife crisis Fight Club. Surely it's one of the greatest movies on this list. Fight Club, my vote. I used to think Fight Club was such a bro-y movie. And I felt like all the people that I knew that loved it when it came out were like the broiest people that I knew. It's such a fucking great movie. And and there's nothing you can really say bad about it. And it, and it the my 15-year-old self compared to my 20 year old self when when eternal sunshine came out and then compared to my 37 year old self where i'm at now it's fight club like with you know 100 certainty i'll push it over the edge man I, and i won't ramble fight club i really liked i really enjoyed both movies more than i remembered and thought i was going to watching it so i love eternal sunshine so i think it's a really good movie but uh fight club's got legs man it's Fight Club's deep. There's a lot there, and just everything held up so great. And it is, it's one of the greatest. I like the broy point. It's fucking super broy, Cap. I mean, it's a bro bro film, but it, it doesn't need to be. It just doesn't need to be. We just happen to grow up with this film, and we are bros. And we, I like I said, I'd want, I want, I'd hug your tits any day and cry into them all the time. So, Cap, what movie are you crying into the tits of? I'll, I'll cry into the tits of Fight Club as well. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of I did go back and forth because I really, really enjoyed watching you were saying Eternal that. Sunshine. And you were saying that. And you, did you express enough about why you enjoyed it so much through your scenes, characters, <clears throat> and quotes? I think so. I think it had a lot to do with the fact that, like, despite the fact that I kind of I could see that they loved each other, but I didn't love either of them. <laughs> like, you know, he's kind of. He's kind of whiny and passive aggressive, and she's extra all the time, you know. So slutty. Oh, I don't know if that plays into it. I mean, that's <laughs> not a factor for me, but yeah, you played anyway. in the savage. I like. So that. yeah, just the fact that like you felt something and you felt the heartbreak and you felt them coming back together. I thought it was super super emotionally charged movie that like I really just did was admiring 
um, the filmmaking of it too. Um, I thought it was pretty genius the way that they captured and did not confuse you going back and forth, you know, just going back and forth in his mind. It was nuts. Anyway, Fight Club and it's Chuck Palahniuk. So, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah it's just kind of, it's a it's too, heavy hitting, too heavy hitting to, to let go. And it's just got, it just punches more, obviously. Now, I propose to beware a question, even though he hasn't given us his vote yet. The question is, if your vote happened to be for Fight Club, what would have your vote been or what would the points have been if you said Eternal Sunshine, may it be your vote, is better than Fight Club? How would you have proposed that to us on our thread? That why Eternal Sunshine actually is a little bit better, if not greater than Fight Club. I think it's more of a traditional movie. Like I said, Fight Club feels like an audio book at times where Eternal Sunshine is just, you're going along with the story and that's all there is to it. You know what I mean? There's no oversight to it. There's no... There's nothing like that. And so in that regard, I would, I would give it the checkbox. But beyond that, I mean, it's, 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 they're quite different in terms of the emotion that they're evoking from the viewer. And that's, that's another thing. So like, if you like that type of a movie, if you're more of a, you know, a crier, if you will, you might like that movie more, just no doubt, no doubt about it. But Fight Club is just a powerhouse. It's an awesome movie. It reminds me of, um, let me put it this way. I hope it goes against true romance in our bracket because I think that they're both just really a lot of fun to watch. You make an interesting point, though. True romance, the only way it can be brought back is by stuff we've not even discussed in the realms. These are unknown realms of a resurrection because true, true romance lost to the Godfather. But oh, yeah. Now, fair, fair but beware, you, you really make a great point that true romance, if you're an everyday listener, to our thread, you're gonna learn about the resurrection rule where if we decide to vote on a movie, we are gonna bring one back up from round one that needs to be replaced with something else if we can agree to vote on it. So he is right, folks, that now it is a fact that Fight Club's going on to the next round, it's a sweep. But maybe it could fight a movie like True Romance because in the resurrection rule, it's not an order, it's bringing up whatever movie that's a fallen soldier bracket to a bracket in round two because you know we have these rules and these things we like to do just like we like to go to the hat which didn't come right off our pilot episode we didn't know that we were we weren't going to go through a bracket like our college ncaa basketball that's going on right now we decided we're going to do it a little bit more random it's not the one seat versus the whatever seat it's the random versus the random as we pulled and predicted our list and as now i'll go to the hat song Let's go do that. Let's go do that. Let's go do that. Let's go do that. Excuse me. Let's go do that. Let's go do that. Let's go do that. Oh, oh, I, I usually never take my eyes down on it. I'm gonna do it. There is four left in here four that's eight movies folks eight movies uh four more weeks fight club is going to go up against whiplash also wow that's a good fight that's a good fight yeah that's that's a good fight and i wouldn't want to fight oh, uh, uh pit versus pit but hey it is what it is all right it was right side <sighs> up and upside down i looked and i didn't even see it say sure this is interesting it's not anybody's <laughs> prediction, but this one's kind of been talked about too. This one's kind of been Mulligan talked about too, oh. is we have Silence of the Lambs versus Apocalypse Now, which is... If we remember Facts with Doc um, from early in our podcast, Silence of the Lambs is one of the other only movies to take the, the top five noms or, or Oscars uh, and home. what is that called? Where it's called the something. It's, I, I'd call it the glove. It's the not holy called grail. that. Yeah, the I'd grand, call it the holy grail. It's the grand slam. I don't know. The what grand it's slam. Either. I mean, that sounds right too. Those are all good guesses, Doc. Yeah, I. Uh, Doc, what would you call that? What would you call that, Doc? The, the <laughs> cock shot. It's the cock shot, actually, where you have all <laughs> the academies. They all put out, pull out their cock, and vote on the same movie. 
it does say it's called it's the the third film in academy history to win the big, the five. big five that sounds like some oh, fun that's really fun. original Cotton. hey the big Cotton. five Cotton. They, they met, they met cock so we'll shot. call it next week. We have the first of not many movies to, to do the cock shot sound for the lambs, <laughs> which, which honestly, I haven't seen this movie in a while. There's a Clarice, uh, you know, series on Hulu right now or whatever. There has been sequels. This is a book, right? Correct. Uh, yeah. Wow, I haven't read this it's one. I was supposed to. It's an awesome movie. Yeah. It is a book, though, originally. Is that right? It's a original book, and there's a couple. It's based on, like, the Mindhunter. I oh, one of those. One Hunter. of those serial killers. Yeah. And so we shout out to our, let's just give it right up to him, um, Holt uh, McKinley, uh, McKinley uh, who goes by the Mechanic in Fight Club, who we have from um, our Netflix show. But yeah, I'll do some research on that. But like the the Sounds of the Lambs, like the the series of books is is written by somebody who was like <clears> a FBI <throat> profiler, who I think the Ooh, that's similar to the Zodiac. Then that's I have a question: Has anybody not seen Apocalypse Now? I haven't seen it in years, man. I watched Me it too. And where nobody's excited for it, I know Doc wishes he could mulligan it. I'm kind of excited to see Apocalypse now, not because I know it's fucking long, and maybe we could we should talk about like what version we're gonna watch because I know that there's some stupid long. That's a great. That's a great call, by the way. But uh, I'm excited to watch it to, for once and for all, kind of know is this a good movie or not? Because I feel like we can finally we finally have the lens to be able to always on somebody's list. It's probably on David Fincher's fucking greatest list, or even our other guy uh, from Eternal Sunshine's list. Every director puts it on their list. Have yeah. you guys seen that? I watch, I look at these lists all the time. So I mean, I'm interested to see if we agree now or if we're just as annoyed. But I mean, it's got, you know, Marlon Brando. It's this movie is the, the is based on one of my favorite books, the Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, which is a fucking great story. Um, oh, that's right. I, I didn't, I know nothing about that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's an amazing movie. It's just yeah. hard to watch because it's, it's so and it's it's not well, gruesome. The 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 Redux version is um, two hundred and two minutes, so about almost three and a half hours. No the, thanks. Um, the regular version is one hundred fifty nine, one hundred fifty three minutes. Let's, so it's let's like go through that one. Yeah, I mean the Redux though is which I I mean I I haven't seen it. It is fifty minutes longer. I mean. I'm looking on Reddit right now, and folks, this so this question has been asked: What is the best version of Apocalypse Now to watch? Pretty unanimously, folks are saying the original theatrical cut. The first. What about the what's that? Snyder cut. <laughs> no, the Snyder cut was like twice as long, right? Um, but it's uh, they say like the theatrical. That's extra cut. credit, man. That's extra credit if you want it. We got to go with the original version. We'll go Ridgy. We'll Ridgy. go from that. We're gonna go with the Ridgy, Ridgy, fucking Clarice. 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 Hey, what we gotta tell the folks is we'll be back next week for Silence of the Lambs versus Apocalypse Now. That's a heavy one, but there's gonna be a lot of people here to see how our thread discusses it and what they thought about it. And truly, hey. What's the greater film? I can't help it. I love you. Forrest, you don't know what love is. I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and debate. You're a bald-faced liar. A fucking liar. I mean, God forbid they should make a mistake and forget to steal. I would not apologize for what I want. Stop trying to control everything and just let go. I drink it up. Don't blame me. You like Huey Lewis on the news? Okay. Either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the hood. Hold on to your butts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Our Thread Podcast, bringing our content to you, featuring all it is. It's official, old buddy. Who has been. Beware. From then on, he was known as Benny the Jet Rodriguez. The Doc. You're the Doc, Doc. The Cat. Oh, if, 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 you, if, you, if, if you already know the answer to your questions, then why ask? Big fuck. And myself, Savage. I'm 6'5", 220, and there's two of them.